Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I am TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, that heart rate come back down yet? Wow, dude. You know, I, I don't typically, even even during a one o'clock Sunday game, I don't typically watch a ton of the post game coverage right after the game. Holy crap! I watched ESPN till about. I don't even know after the game because I couldn't go to sleep. How about you? You know, I couldn't really fall asleep either. Uh, it, it, it was like a, it was a great, great game. Obviously, the Ravens beat the Browns 47-42 on Monday Night Football. It was a great game. But for a lot of it, I was like, okay. And then, yeah. you know, we go up 14. I was like, okay, you know, maybe uh, – you know, maybe we'll be all right. And then they cut it to a one-score game, and then Lamar doesn't come out uh, to play. And then the anxiety starts to climb a little bit, and uh, the heart rate starts to go up a little bit. The stress levels rise. And, uh, of course, that finish was just absolutely wild. Uh, so we'll we'll go through the whole game. I, I mean, man, I like, I've watched that fourth and five play so many times now. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll go through the whole game. We'll talk offense, defense, special teams, hand out a game ball, talk about our pop of the week, and then look forward to finally a, uh, normal Sunday, one o'clock game. Hopefully, you know, we got some positive tests or positive yeah, cases. Yeah, still a short week. <laughs> yeah, still a short week. Sunday, one o'clock against the Jacksonville Jaguars coming to town. Oh boy. Where do we even start with this game? Uh, let's start with one thing. Uh, the Browns are legit, man. They they are a yeah, good team. They're absolutely. well coached. They got a lot of talent on the offensive side. Um, unfortunately, they have a ton of injuries on the defensive side, so they're not like the most balanced team in the league. But that offense can really go. I think Baker Mayfield wow. is playing like probably the best. We're lucky football. Uh, OBJ is not you know healthy because wow, if he was. like the weirdest. The weirdest thing is that like it seems like he's playing better without him and like I don't have any yeah. stats to back that no, up I it's just that. like kind of what I see but like his pocket presence you know his ability to throw on the run he threw that Hail Mary pass like 70 God, yards dude. like the longest pass attempted as long as they've been tracking air yards uh he I mean that offense are you serious run oh, yeah yeah crap. I didn't know that yeah it was the long the most air yards for a, and like there was no chance I was gonna get completed and he, i think god he just Chuck wanted Clark to sh- didn't kill himself running into that oh goal my god. <laughs> god. oh my god yeah i started laughing and then went oh no i hope he's okay yeah yeah i mean that <laughs> like the goalpost is padded but it's not that padded yeah full exactly. speed ahead padded uh but yeah i mean they're a good team i think you know they have what it takes to be in the playoffs and i think they're going to be a tough out as long as the offense keeps playing that way but oh i do not want to see them in the playoffs I, I saw at the end of the – I was watching some of the highlights, and there was a, a recording of Harbaugh, you know, at the end, you know, the coaches are getting together. And he's like, yeah, I hope I hope we see you guys in the playoffs. We, we're going to have to win some more games. And I'm like, I don't want to see that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, geez. Cleveland at all. They're right. like, I'd almost rather play the Steelers, absolutely, than the Browns again. I would. I think the Steelers kind of stink, man. I don't like <laughs> – that, that might be a hot take, but they, they do not look good right now. Um, but, yeah, good team. Uh, you know, the Ravens somehow pulled this one together. I mean, it seemed like the defense was completely 
in shambles at the end there between fatigue and guys getting hurt and, you know, whatever the case is. But let's talk about this offense first. Um, right off the bat, they're down 7 nothing, and uh, they come back and answer mostly through the work of Lamar Jackson's ability to run. I mean, he was he was lights out on the ground. Special. I mean, that's all you can say. You know, we talked about it last week. Lamar is back to being Lamar. You know, there's still some growth that needs to happen throwing the ball. I mean, there was that one, you know, overthrow that was like basically <sighs> what we talked about, the Hail Mary pass. Yeah. From Mayfield. You know, that was basically the overthrow from Lamar. But um, but outside of that, I mean, oh my God, his running is so special. I mean, what 142 yards on the ground on Monday Night Football record? I mean, well, whatever Monday Night Football records are kind of, eh. but still, it. I mean, big players show up in big games. It wasn't the biggest of games. I don't know that the Browns are the team you want to hang your hat on. As good as, as and this is no disrespect to the Browns at all, because as we just said, I think they're a good team. But, you know, that's not the team that Lamar needs to hang his hat on and said, oh, well, I beat the Browns on Monday Night Football. I mean, he's still got some, you know, big game, you know, swagger stuff to prove to the world. But, man, was it fun watching him have fun and run the football like he did on Monday night. I Like, that's the key. When it seems like he's having fun, he's – like unstoppable and these past two Mm -hmm. games have have kind of shown that when he came back from from coronavirus uh it just seemed like he was having more fun than usual you know after that touchdown he he slams the ball into the wall and catches it and gives it a little fake punt thing I mean it just seems like you know he's enjoying himself he's you know some kind of weight seems to be lifted off of his shoulders right now and and that was you know kind of seemingly haunting him you know even though he wasn't playing that bad you know he seems to have recaptured some of the magic uh from his mvp season you know he goes 11 of 17 uh passing for 163 yards with a ridiculous rating um you know he throws that huge touchdown pass and like not lighting it up through the air but he's like there seemed to be some weird narrative thing about him that he can't throw that he can't come from behind, that he can't do it in prime time, none of which are real or none of which are true. But he came, he got, he got a win coming from behind. He was clutch. He did it through the air, both the fourth and five pass and to set up the field goal. He did all of that through the air and he did it in prime time on Monday night. So like those demons are gone. Like whatever, whatever seemed to be like the the crazy high expectations that seemed to be weighing on on him early in the year seem to be gone, and he's just lighting it up once again. And you know he was almost like too athletic for the cleats that he was wearing because like mm-hmm. <laughs> just, he kept slipping, and you know it, like some guys seemed to be slipping a lot, other guys were not. Uh, but you know, I mean, he was just ridiculous m- Monday night, and he got back to the Lamar that, uh, you know, we were accustomed to seeing and playing at a really, really, really high level. Absolutely. I mean, you know, seeing him, I, like, I, like I said before, I mean, it's just, 
It's just special. His cutback ability, his burst. It's just unworldly to watch him do that to professional athletes at the top of their game who are absolutely fantastic physical specimens for the most part. I mean, just thinking of defensive linemen who don't necessarily look like that. (laughs) But, you know, I, I mean, for Lamar to outclass athletically everyone on that football field is just breathtaking to watch at times. It truly is. Now, to your point about Lamar throwing the football, it's going to start becoming rather quickly like Joe Flacco. Is Joe Flacco elite? Is Lamar Jackson an elite thrower? That is going to quickly become the narrative about Lamar Jackson. If it hasn't already, that will be the, the new thing. And what the Ravens need to quickly understand is we, we, we need to get guys like, and I know I harp on this every week, but we need to get those A.J. Brown players when we have the chance. The big explosive weapons to give Lamar the chance to be that elite passer. He's not going to, I mean... Where Lamar is, Lamar's never going to have that elite Steve Young pinpoint accuracy. That's just not Lamar's game. He's going to be able to make some unbelievable throws at times. And I think he can be an incredible throwing quarterback. But I have a lot of moments where having the guy like a Mark Andrews who can make some, you know, pretty acrobatic catches to help out his quarterback, having more of those players on the field is a must. So that's, that's where, you know, not to harp on that. I mean, that's, I'm going off on a tangent, but that's where I think, you know, moving forward, we, we really need to provide that to Lamar. I know that's probably an uh, captain obvious statement in a lot of ways too, but I think, you know, quickly that narrative for Lamar is going to turn into that same, oh, Joe Flacco, is he elite? That's going to be quickly Lamar's label, um, even as good as he is running the football. Yeah, at this point, I think he's an elite playmaker, and some yeah. of those plays happen with his arm. He is not yet a, an elite thrower of the ball. I, I think I can pretty confidently say that, because what, elite means what, top three, top five? And you know, yeah, he's, not, so. he's not, yeah, he's not a top five throw of the ball. I mean, no. you can, I like, no. yeah, there's, there's five guys. Definitely. Will be. I right. mean, I love and, Lamar and he will be, he could still be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but I don't know that he's ever going to be that guy. Yes. Right. But, you know, I, I was happy, very, very pleased um, that, you know, that one very strange scramble and pass to Mark Andrews uh, before the end of the first half to, to set up the score before the half. I mean, he used his legs to be able to use his arm. 
and the the play to exactly. the fourth and five play to Marquise Brown. He used his legs to be able to use his arm. And then on the on the game winning field goal drive, he did all of that throwing the ball. So you know he like he showed that he does certainly have that capability. He has absolutely you know that in his back pocket now. It's like look, I've done this before, and you know he he can certainly do it again. So I was really, really pleased to see that out of him, uh, even though, uh, you know, he seems to continue to have his haters around the league and in the media and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, he's definitely got what it takes uh, to, to go and win a game for you and, and definitely showed that. Um, yeah. Let's see. I guess to me, is it's not about really Lamar. I think Lamar has all the capability to do it, but he's also going to need some help to do it. He's not going to yeah. be able to be that guy unless we can give him some talent, I guess. It, it's a quicker way than I probably probably put it before. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I think um a lot of a lot of thought is that we go get that in free agency or a trade or something like that rather yeah. than drafting. Yeah. I think it's been quite clear that the best wide receivers in franchise history have been veterans that come in. Um, So that, that'll be an interesting market to keep an eye on. I think they probably still go and draft at least uh, one wide receiver. Um, Maybe try to follow that Pittsburgh Steelers model a little bit. All they draft at least one and see, right. Draft a wide receiver. One of them is going to pan out every year. Right. I think we need to start doing that. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, I, I definitely agree. You need you need somebody there that knows how to get open, and um, even even when not open, go up and make that contested catch when it's when it's clutch time. Um, otherwise, on the offense, the the running game overall was was dominant pretty much from the get go. I think the the offensive line got even better. Uh, better and better as the game went on and they, they and they really settled in and that seemed to align with uh Tyree Phillips getting removed as the right tackle he got the start i think he got the first 14 or 15 snaps and then was replaced by DJ Fluker and then uh you know the the offensive line continued to to look a little bit better and better as the night went on that was not the result that we were hoping for. We were hoping for uh, to, for Phillips to kind of grab hold of that spot and, and not let it go. I think this is still a uh, a problem for the Ravens. I, I mean, what is your, what are your thoughts on that right tackle spot? Oh, right tackle is definitely a problem, despite the uh, awesome double double block. That uh, Fluker had on that, you know, fourth down play by Le- with by uh, Lamar, you know, yeah, it's it right tackle is going to be a problem. It's going to remain remain a problem throughout the rest of the season, um, and and I guess we're just going to have to deal with that at this point, you know. Um, I, we we won a Super Bowl with you know, a left side of a, of an offensive line in Jamal Lewis. So, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, we can do the same with uh, four-fifths of an offensive line, you know, and uh, our running backs and Lamar. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll, on the positive side, I, I think the rest of the offensive line has been fantastic between yes. um, 
you know, again, Orlando Brown Jr. is making himself a lot of money each week. He's, I mean, it really, I don't, left tackle is, I don't, I don't, I, I don't miss it. I don't miss Stanley right now. I'm not saying that Orlando Brown Jr. is better than Ronnie Stanley, but that's, Orlando, I'm just blown away by how well, quite how, I, I thought he'd be okay and, and pretty good, but man, I mean, I just think he is, he's making himself a lot of money. But then Bozeman, McCary, and, uh, and Powers, I mean, let's go. And I think McCary, let's think about it last year, he stepped in, this offensive line didn't miss a beat. If anything, it got better after he took over at center last year when Skura got hurt. You know, maybe maybe he just needs to be the guy moving forward. McCary can play, man. I, I'm really impressed by Bradley Bozeman, for sure. Like, he ends up being the puller on a lot of runs. They pull the left side over, so him and, uh, and Orlando Brown Jr. end up pulling, and he gets, like, those pin-down blocks. And mm-hmm. Bozeman is so good at those. Like, he... I mean, like he's he's really good at those, and and you know, I, I've been watching more film, as you know. I've been sending a lot of a lot of videos, yeah. and to watch him play is is he's he's like really really good at pulling, and that's been impressive. McCarry's been really good. Powers again. I I said it I said it last week. I'll say it say it again. This is his spot to lose. Um, going into the off season and going into next year, I think he's your right guard because yeah. he's been he's. I mean, every chance he's gotten, he's been good. Um, you really haven't seen much uh, to complain about with him, and maybe he's not dominant like Marshall Yanda was, but he has really solidified that spot. And instead of having to worry about center, right guard, and right tackle, now you're kind of just concerned with right tackle, and. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that that stinks, obviously, but that's a lot easier to handle with adding uh, Ricard over there or adding a, a, a tight end in pass pro or, you know, helping yeah. out with the running back in pass protection. That's a lot easier to handle than 60 percent of your line being shaky and, and having Skura come in in the jumbo packages, which I think have been working out really well. Um, yeah. So, you know. So that's been good. I think, like, again, in the second half, the offensive line was really good, um, you know, both in pass protection and run blocking. You know, what, what do we have? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five rushing touchdowns. That's insane. That's I mean, 231 yards on the ground and five rushing touchdowns is crazy. But um, what did we have? It was two by Lamar, two by Gus, and one by J.K. Dobbins, right? And, Dobbins, and, then, right. A, and then a two-point conversion. And yes, and then he had the two point conversion. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really impressed with that group. If if just like a little bit of stability at, at right tackle would be fantastic. But I think that's maybe asking a little bit too much um, out of the guys that are on this roster right now. Um, Pat Ricard continues to dominate uh, as a blocker. I mean, he is Absolutely. he is just a, on a mission. Uh, every time he gets to go out and hit somebody, he has been so impressive. It, he and Bozeman, you know, combined for a lot of cool, cool blocks. Um, they mentioned it on the broadcast a couple times, but it has become a situation in which you can kind of follow 
Pat Ricard to where the ball is going to go, or at least where where one of the options is designed to go. And the Ravens have been running some more stuff. You know, we, we mentioned several weeks ago where Lamar keeps the ball and goes up the middle instead of going out to the outside. And the possibilities with the run game with him doing that and or going outside or, you know, having a guy come on a jet sweep or like one of those little pop passes, those like the combinations are endless with those com- with with those runs. And that, I think, has been what has also triggered this run game and really heating up again, which they're almost at what almost 600 yards over 500 yards in the past two weeks. I mean, the, the ground game is heating up and uh, that's helping open thing, other things up and uh, really a lot to be pleased with on the offense. Um, maybe a down thing. Uh, and and I, I, I know that you're upset about this and, and you've already mentioned it once, but uh, a few not so great drops from Marquise Brown. Uh, some balls that he's he would lucky. That he would... He's lucky he made the 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 catch on that play by Lamar, which we've gotta I was just trying to come up with some kind of a nifty call like the poo poo pass or something. But <laughs> but regardless, it, he's lucky he caught that ball and and scored. Because if that had happened or if for, think about it, Lamar has a chance to either potentially throw to Dobbins for a first down run for the first down or more, but he ends up throwing it to Marquise. If Marquise drops that ball on fourth down, he might have been assaulted when they returned to BWI. <laughs> I mean, I, I, think- <laughs> I love the city of Baltimore, but Ravens fans can be assholes. I mean, they... I mean, honestly, online, I mean, think about what we did to Matt Skura and his family. Think about what, what we. Hey, don't I mean, say I we. Say that, like, I was involved. I was yeah, don't involved say we. That, but the people. <laughs> You're going to get us wrapped up. Absolutely, absolute <laughs> rejects that were involved in that online harassment. Oh, my God. A man, quote, unquote, Hollywood would have been taken to town or taken to task with. That. So thank God for him that he made that catch and score. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he had a tough game, and you know, one was a tough throw outside, but then two of the other throws were were definitely balls that should have been caught. Uh, and and yeah, that very one glad that he. Sorely, are you kidding oh, me for the first yeah. down? Yeah, that, that was I mean, the, that I was the especially so bad, bad one. McSorley. I mean, here's this guy coming in a bad spot. And, you know, I mean, God, the knee and everything else, you just got to shake your head. But for for Marquise to drop that ball, I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, that to me shows me the level of leadership he's going to have on this football team. Because that's where you need someone to step up and say, holy crap, my quarterback had to go back to the locker room. The backups in here. I need to help him make a play, and he completely crapped the bed. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I was pretty upset with that one. It, it's I don't know. 
I mean, is it like because that that's a few drops in the past few games now. I mean, it, like generally he was he yeah. was a pretty sure-handed guy, and uh, he's becoming he's, a deep threat only. Yeah, yeah, and that's strange uh, because as a sure-handed guy in the past, it, definitely those were those were extremely extremely catchable balls. Like they weren't difficult catches, especially that McSorley one. I mean, McSorley put it right where it needed to be yeah and, and, and you gotta think is it like a mental thing is it like like the catching version of the yips or like whatever whatever it is i'm glad he got over it on that play because yeah uh, that was no. obviously huge i mean it's it's you know that 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 fourth and five play is going to go down in, in raven's history and if you're oh, if you're if they win the Super Bowl this year, that's the play that, you know, starts off the DVD, right? Like, yeah. Martin, you know, Lamar Jackson coming back onto the field. And and overall, I, I'm really glad you brought up Trace McSorley because he should be really proud of the way that he played in those two series. He put yeah. two passes right on the money that I think Willie Sneed dropped one as well. Mm-hmm. Um and, and Marquise Brown dropped that one. So he, like, McSorley did what he could. On that second drive, the first down to Willie Sneed ends up being one of the biggest plays of the game because that extends the drive and it gives Lamar some more time to get back out there. Yeah, and uh, you know that was absolutely huge. I mean, like awesome catch by Sneed too to climb the ladder and go get it. But uh, you know, turns out luckily just a sprained knee for McSorley, no ligament, serious damage. Uh, he was put on IR, which means. If the Ravens make the playoffs, he'll be he'll be back eligible for the playoffs. But uh, now you got to wonder who's the uh, who the backup is going to be. Do they call up Tyler Huntley? They're going to have to go get another quarterback at least. Yeah, you can't go uh, with just Sam two. Cook? There's got to come on, man. Uh, Sam Cook. So let's go. So I, I did see. We we're going to see him, man. I was like, is Sam Cook going to lead us down to victory? <laughs> Dude. Oh my gosh! Like that—that that perfect passer rating would have been on the line, or the or the or the perfect completion percentage would have been on the line. But um, I mean, Sam Cook almost like he he had an opportunity to do it all. So so what ended up happening was they they said that Willie Sneed was taking snaps, like warming up, if uh, really? Lamar wasn't ready to go. Yeah, Willie Sneed was. So let's be the let's guy. recap this real quick. So I mean, for for I mean, we we imagine everyone was you know, watching the game, is listening to this podcast. Let's face it. I, I, I hope no one out there is, is, you know, relying on us to give you the, the Ravens, you know, you know, full recap. And you know, we love that you listen to our podcast, but let's be real. Anyway, um, so Lamar ends up getting cramps, quote-unquote, and ends quote up unquote. going back to the locker room. He insists, like, he insists I know that he it was does and everything, but it's I still weird. Him. Like I don't believe him. I don't either. You <laughs> had to take a dump. I mean, look, it happened. It happened. That is and like the worst have... thing in the world. One of my fears in life is being somewhere there isn't a toilet, like the middle of a football field, and having to take a massive number two. So well, so that's true, and we have learned that diarrhea is one of the side effects or symptoms of coronavirus. That's a thing. Ah, 
Now, right? But then, but then, so are, right, well, yeah, that's the thing. But like, you know, so are cramps or, or another side yeah. effect okay. or, or symptom. And that, okay, and, and that one post corona, I think, has been uh, a thing that other guys go through. Okay. Fair so, enough. Fair enough. so I, I, you know, you know, I, I think my brain believes that uh, it was cramps, but my heart really just wants to believe that uh, it was this course. He was just, yeah, he was just absolutely. Yeah, he was just pooping. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's just so much funnier that way. It's, it's, it absolutely. It makes I mean, for a better story that way. It does. You know, and let's face it, when you're slipping around the field all game like he was on those creeks, it's going to stir up your tummy a little bit. You know, I mean, it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. Right. So back to the story. Lamar leaves the field. Trace McSorley comes on for the drive. And like nobody really knows what's happening at this point, except for uh, the Ravens. Uh, ESPN reports that he Lamar's cramping. When McSorley came out for the second drive is when I got really concerned. I did because because that whole after that first drive, the Browns had a really long drive. It was long, right? Exactly. And I'm thinking, well, Lamar's got to be back at this point, right? Because you know they're not talking about it. Cramps, okay. He goes back, gets an IV or some water or whatever they do, you know, for cramps, you know, and. Then you're like you said. Then McSorley comes back out, and you're like, "Oh no!" Right. And then at that moment, I was like, "This game's gone," because at that point the defense uh-huh. had collapsed. Uh, what was know. the score at that point? At that were the Browns point, up the or had second they drive? This, uh, I believe McSorley played two drives. At the beginning of the second drive, the Browns were up by one, and that's when Lamar came back in. Okay. On that, I I believe that's the case. Let me let me go back to play by play. Because hadn't we also missed the the extra point at that point too? Was that still yes. an issue? Yes. Yeah, we had missed it. Missed the extra point. Um. Let's see. Yeah, this was McSorley's second drive. So, yeah, at this point, the score was 35-34 Browns. And then, and then McSorley, unfortunately, he slips. Like, the issue that Lamar had been having yeah, all so game. Yeah, so it's third down. Yeah, right? third down in relative field goal range, and then we lose three yards and fall out of field goal range. Now, actually, no. If we were on the 41, it would have been a 58-yard field goal, so maybe not field goal range but we were at least closer McSorley gets hurt goes down uh he gets sacked a three-yard loss and in that moment you know we see Lamar emerge on the sideline and poor McSorley is like hurt on the ground and like everybody's going nuts like happy to see Lamar and uh the ESPN broadcast is excited to see Lamar and uh you know, kind of a strange moment there for McSorley and, and uh, you know, definitely hope that his knee isn't that bad and he's ready for the playoffs. But Lamar comes back in after the two-minute warning and uh, fourth and five rolls out to the right. A very strange play. I got a video of it uh, on my Twitter profile. Um, you had three pairs of Browns defenders bump into each other and take themselves out of the play. 
which allowed uh, Marquise Brown to release down the field. Um, actually, a really nice recognition by him, because if you remember last week when Lamar rolled out left, uh, Marquise Brown made the nice read to go up the field and, and go for the big play. This time, Lamar rolls right. Marquise Brown recognizes again and goes up the field for the big play, and uh, they're able to connect on a touchdown again. And then, I mean, that was such a ridiculous, ridiculous course of events. And then the Browns get the ball back, and they end up scoring too fast. I mean, four plays, 75 yards, 47 seconds, they went down and scored. They tied up. I mean, craziness. Yeah, it was just too fast. I mean, it, I mean, they scored way too fast, and I don't think they realized it because they left a minute and four seconds on the clock. Um, and I, you know, you got to think maybe maybe Hunt should have went down on the one yard line and let the clock keep running. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't they still know, needed man, a touchdown. You're right. They, they needed left. a touchdown. You know, he had to yeah. score the touchdown. If you need yeah. a field goal right there, maybe it's a different story. But they needed to score a touchdown, so he had to score. So. Then, then uh, you know, another touchback. The uh, the Ravens complete four straight, four straight passes. You go uh, Mandrews, Mandrews, Willie Sneed, and then back to Mandrews, I believe. And uh, you spike it. Justin Tucker hits the 55-yarder. And then uh, we get the safety, which ends up... That uh, <laughs> lost, lost sports book millions upon... Millions of dollars that change mm-hmm. hands based off of this safety. The safety. Unbelievable. So, like, one of the wildest finishes to a game that we've seen in a long time. I mean, the back and forth there really reminded me of that game against the Vikings in the snow a while ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God, just that was the, crazy. Yeah. yeah, just all the scores going back and forth so fast. And, like, you know, like, whoever has the ball last is going to win this game. Yeah. And uh, ended up ended up being the Ravens. I mean, an insane kick by Justin Tucker. Um, but man, like, I just just talking about it again, my my heart rate's going up. So that was that was a fun game. The offense so good. Um, I mean, forty seven points is no joke. I mean, I don't, I don't care how bad the other defense is. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, that was a really really nice performance by the offense driven quite a bit by the offensive line and Lamar Jackson just being better than everybody else on the field pretty much Lamar Jackson showed why he was the MVP last year Mm -hmm. I mean this was this was Lamar Jackson of 2019 yes yeah basically beat the Browns by himself you Mm -hmm. know and efficient passing efficient passing devastating runs I mean that's that's what his game is. Yeah. So, With honorable mentions to you know Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, but you know they uh, you know Lamar is just man, what a player. Yeah. He's wild. He is wild. Let's let's flip it over to the defense. We've been talking about the offense for a while. Uh, a little bit more disappointed in the defense. I mean, while yeah. it is a really good offense for the Browns, and while the defense is dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, kind of a disappointing performance uh, on their part in in some ways. Uh, give up almost 400 yards again. Obviously, 42 points. 
Um, they did find a way to at least yards per carry wise keep Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt in check. I mean, you know, they I, I guess not really yards per carry, but you know, you hold them to 138 yards running total. And uh, you know, this is a team that might have two two thousand yard rushers. So I don't know, I mean, you they, say that, but then Kareem Hunt also had seventy seven receiving yards and a touchdown. So it's hard for me well, to look that's, at how we handled the running back and and be terribly excited in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of chalk this up, and we talked about earlier, this is a team that I think we've got some guys on defense that are still getting back into the flow of things. Um, you know, the, the whole COVID thing has definitely impacted guys. You know, hey, somebody like Calais Campbell, he's an older guy. Um, he, I mean, Lamar talked about how, how much uh, COVID knocked him out for a week. You know, so Calais Campbell had it too. I mean, I haven't, you know, seen, I, I'm, this is pure speculation on my part, but, you know, here's a guy that's already dealing with injuries and he ends up getting COVID. I mean, I, I was shocked he played last week, let alone this week. So, you know, got to give the guy a lot of props, but we've got a lot of guys who are, you know, definitely playing hurt um, and, and getting back into the flow of the defense. That said, I am I am disappointed in how they played. I mean, this was just a shootout. Sometimes you have to just put your hands up and say, look, that's just how this game went. And, you know, say, look, tip your hat to the Browns. But at the same time, man, you didn't have one sack. Where the heck is Ngakwe, man? Where is Judon? I mean, we, we should be figuring out a way to sack Baker Mayfield at least once. So I think they were active. Like with hurries and and we you got some quarterback hits, but they weren't able to finish on yeah. sacks. They weren't able to finish, and like you know that's that's like what shows up in the stat sheet. But like we started out saying, like Baker Mayfield, his his pocket presence and and his ability to move and throw on the move, he's damn you know, good. He's good, and, and you know there were some opportunities for plays there, you know, on that weird uh, intentional grounding call you had in Gakwe hit Mayfield's arm, you know, mm-hmm. that could have easily turned into a sack fumble. You know, we, what do we have three forced fumbles and you don't fall on any yeah. of them um, on that huge hit by Deshaun Elliott. Chris board is, is in like so close to being able to make an interception you know, there were four real turnover opportunities uh, that weren't taken advantage of. Uh, you hope that turnover luck kind of evens out uh, as, as we go forward and, and hopefully into the playoffs. But there were opportunities, and th- they just weren't able to capitalize. And the all the, the except, Browns, all except for Mr. Bowser, of course. We've got. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna get some to props. Him. But I mean, what a fantastic interception and return. Quite frankly, he just about scored. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I was just going to say that there were opportunities that the defense had to make that a very different game. They weren't able to make it, and the Browns were able to make them pay for it. The exception, like you said, was that play by Bowser, and that was incredible. It's his third straight game with an interception. You know, he faked the rush. He dropped into coverage. He brought it in with one hand. I mean, that was awesome. He's another guy 
that uh, continues to make himself quite a bit of money each week. And, and I'm glad now things have kind of evened out. Even after the addition of Ngakwe, um, Bowser is, is really taking back his fair share of snaps. Um, he played almost half the snaps uh, on on Monday, which is which is way up from when Ngakwe was initially added. So I, I'm glad that things are starting to even out there because in, and, and Bowser is proving himself to be one of the more versatile defenders on the team. Okay, I'm going to pose the question to you again. So let's say let's just I, I think you could probably put all three names into this category, but for now. I'll, let's say we sign Ngakwe. You sign Judon or Bowser? I think probably Bowser because he's still not as pricey as Judon. Um, I don't think that Bowser is a primary pass rush kind of guy. He still seems like that um, the other pass rusher or like the other outside linebacker. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he doesn't like. It seems like the bang for the buck would be a little bit higher with with Ngakwe, or I'm sorry, with Bowser. Um, but I mean, I, I do really like the way that that Judon played as well. There were some really high effort plays from him. You know, I, I am not very um, was not a fan of the roughing the passer call that was that was called against him. Um, I, I do think that he is still playing good football, and, and um, it just seems like Bowser has a little bit more versatility as far as, like, dropping into coverage and things like that. So I, I mm-hmm. would love to see the Ravens bring Bowser back. I would agree with you. Absolutely. I think he's a, he's a player that, that would be nice to see us sign. Now, we'll, of course, have to see what other offers he gets in free agency. I mean, he's also a player that I could see some random team coming after, you know, and, and suddenly, you know, giving him a, a, a bigger contract offer than even we'd want to give. But I agree with you completely. I would choose Bowser at this point over Judon. Now, to be honest with you, I might choose Bowser over Ngakwe and Judon mm-hmm. if I had the choice between the two, strictly for cap reasons, certainly. But, you know, and then obviously other other moves would then need to be made for pass rush purposes. But, you know, I think the Ravens definitely are going to have an interesting choice on their hands. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, the other thing to keep in mind, not, not that this is going to be the primary decision maker, is the comp pick formula. Um, I think Ngakwe and Judon would probably get a higher comp pick than Bowser would. So True. maybe that maybe that allows you to I mean maybe that pushes you to bring back Bowser and get a higher pick for those other two guys you know something else to consider yeah um, absolutely but yeah overall glad that he's getting his snaps back and he's certainly making the most of them um, other guy that I was really happy with and, and he p- flashed a few times for me was Justin Matabike. Uh, on the defensive line, and, and you know he was getting pushed. He was moving really well. He was making a difference uh, against the run game. Um, he gets like fired said, up. He does, man. And he's like he's gonna, man. I, I I really like him to be that next like fiery defensive lineman uh, that that not only is effective in the run game but also gets some some push in the pass protection. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm looking forward to his growth uh, at, on the defensive line. Um, let's see. Uh, Brandon Williams also making his presence felt in the passing game. Another knockdown uh, of a ball his second straight week with one of those. Um, He's playing really week. well. He is. He is. And it's really good to see uh, him getting back to like the dominant Brandon Williams that we're used to because he was um, for a while there. He was kind of, you know, not making a huge impact, but he's back, man. He's playing really well. He was living some off reputation. There's no question. Mm-hmm. And and I, I do want to go back to your point about um, the running backs catching the ball uh, for the for the Browns. You mentioned Kareem Hunt was very effective. Nick Chubb, I believe, had a couple catches as well. And in which he was able to uh, do some damage. Yeah, he had two catches for 21 yards. Yeah, any like it just seems like any time you get one on one, like a running back versus any of our linebackers at this point, uh, it it seems like a mismatch. And and Fort is is pretty good in coverage. I think Queen has the athleticism to be in good good in coverage, but he isn't quite there yet. Um, I can see teams starting to pick on that a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, just like the Browns did it, that long completion to Kareem Hunt. He was in one-on-one against LJ Fort on the boundary. Man, that That's guy a mismatch. is freaking good. That guy yeah. is freaking good. I mean, He's I, good. I, mm. Chubb is really good, too. Um, but yeah, that just seems like a mismatch. Uh, you know, pretty much anybody that that the other team can throw out there at, at running back. Yeah. So that that might be something to keep an eye on in these last few games. Um, let's see, Marlon Humphrey more forced fumbles. He's up to eight now, oh, which I believe ties crazy. the record with with Peanut Tillman. He is wild, man. Like it, just watching him, like he almost like would rather give up a catch and then punch it out than anything else i mean he's he's a really good player uh that's an understatement an obvious statement of, of the week but uh he was you really know, good i really again. think that's his strategy sometimes depending on the player mm-hmm. i almost i almost think he at times he will say you know what i'm gonna let them catch this and pop that right out yeah if they're like, like not really clean with Mm-hmm. If they're not clean with putting it away or like tucking the ball mm-hmm. away, yeah, I can definitely see that. And I wonder if that's that's kind of something that they discussed because it seems like Marcus Peters is getting in on the punch outs uh, as Big well, man. and he he keeps getting banged up too, man. It's going to be important for him to be healthy, but uh, you know he he seemed to have a little little tough of a game, both injury wise and got caught in some tough uh, coverages and beat for big plays uh, as well. So, you know, defense overall saw some good things, you know, giving up 42 points, obviously not ideal. They saw a lot of injuries on that side of the ball, but, um, you know, giving up a 14 point lead is, I mean, pretty unacceptable to, to be honest. And, and you try, you think back of, of how many leads this defense has given up and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of disappointing. It's not a defense we can really trust at this point. As much as, you know, they can, hey, they can make a play and they have a couple guys that can close the game for them. But mm-hmm. overall, they're not a defense we can trust with a lead. And and know that, oh, we got this. And, you know, that's not to say they, say, not to say they suck, but they're not insurmountable. 
in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, not not what we anticipated at the beginning of the year. Like, I, no. I mean, there's been multiple du- double-digit points that have evaporated on the Ravens this year, and of course, part of that's complimentary football. You you want your offense to to do some things to help out your defense, but again, the defense gets paid too, and um, yeah. you know, they uh, they get paid a lot. And, uh, you know, they, they've seen a few leads disappear on them, and, and that's certainly not what you want to see out of that group. So I think that's where the disappointment comes from, though there were some positives. Losing that lead late and, and the manner in which it happened, they just got ground down. They couldn't get off the field. And, um, you know, y- you would hope well, that— Well, let's look real quick. Let's, let's talk about the, the C. What are the big, big numbers this defense has given up this year? Just looking back at this. I mean, so we gave up 30 points to the Titans. We gave up 28 points to the Steelers. We gave up 34 to the Chiefs, which that's, you know, I think anybody can do that. Um, So Mm -hmm. really, I mean, in the end, you know, certainly the defense I don't think has been in any way, shape, or form the, the cause of our problems. You know, but as you said, you know, 47 points is, or excuse me, 42 points is unacceptable um, to, to give that, that up as a Ravens defense. It's great that we won. It's, you know, but at the same time, I, I certainly hope they're looking at some of these uh, uh, highlights. I don't know if you want to call them highlights, maybe lowlights. Uh, from the game for them and, and correcting some things. Yeah, I guess, I guess you know, it, it's not a huge thing like yards and points wise, but, you know, the first time you lose to the Steelers, you're up by 10 and then, you know, you gave up, you gave up 20, 21 points uh, to lose. And then you have a lead on the Titans and, uh, you know, you give up more points and you lose. You know, it, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, in that manner, it's frustrating. You know, you, you had a lead on, on the Steelers even, you know, one-point lead, but, you know, you had a lead on them, and and then yeah. you lose in the second time too. So, like, with, with the pass rushers we have, with the secondary we have, you would want to hope that you can protect the lead, and, and it hasn't happened uh, as often as you would. You would no. hope, especially between, especially against um, a few of the better opponents that you face. So I guess that's where the disappointment comes from. But certainly, uh, still a, a good defense that we have. Um, let's see. Anything else to point out on the defense? I'm, I'm trying to look through my notes here. Um, I mean, not that I can think of over the top of my head. I think we pretty much covered it for a, you know. 42-point effort. Yeah, for sure. So let's get to special teams here. Uh, Justin Tucker, what a beast. I mean, there's no other way to say it. We've been saying it as long as we've been doing this podcast. He is, you know, already Blocked extra point the was a little weird. You know, but. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that wasn't, wasn't on Tucker, ball. though. Yeah. Yeah, not on Tucker. I think there was some, some uh, haphazard blocking up front. That guy came right through the middle. Um, yeah, let's see. Actually, the the Prochet play to let the ball bounce into the end zone. Huge. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. Right? 
that was huge. That was great. It was like a vet, very veteran just move. Real savvy back there, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So very happy to see that. And uh, like another small thing that he does uh, that helps out. Last week it was recovering the onside kick, and this week it was just letting the ball bounce into the end zone. So so good for him. Uh, for you know, Harbaugh loves punt return. Oh yeah. He, well, he used to be a special teams coach. Well, did you know that he was really. Yeah, you ever it, heard that? It, no. Harbaugh was in special. That's crazy. Yeah, mind. yeah. Never yeah. heard that ever. Mm. Yep. But uh, let's see. Uh, other other random thing. I was kind of sad to see Jalen Ferguson a healthy scratch, and it was his birthday on Monday, so that was kind of sad. You know. Oh really? Like I didn't, didn't realize he was a healthy scratch. That's kind of crazy, actually. In yeah. my mind, that he was a healthy scratch. Yeah, and that's probably why Bowser's snaps were up. But you know, you always like to play on your birthday. And that's absolutely that stinks. Yeah. Um, okay, let's hand out a game ball. Who do you got? You know what? I'm gonna. I. I mean, do do you want me to go with the big one or the secondary? I mean, you tell you me. You can go. With, you can go with the main. Okay. One. I mean, we have to go with. We have to go with Lamar. I mean. Yeah. It it's fun watching the most dynamic quarterback in football play when he's having fun and man is it, it it's been finally right like it's usually like oh we have to give it to lamar again you know now i feel like man we actually get to give lamar a game ball this week um it's kind of exciting you know and i was looking at his numbers a little bit as we were talking a bit i mean i think it's pretty much a guaranteed he goes over a thousand yards again this year right yeah, I think so, and and he's, he's already top 10 in the league in rushing. Mm-hmm. He's I mean, number, that's he's crazy. Number... I'm... <laughs> he, he, he's out rushing our running backs. So Gus Edwards is our our leading rusher of the running backs with 536 yards. Dobbins is shortly thereafter with 504. Mm-hmm. Jackson almost has 800 yards rushing. Right. He's almost, he's got almost 300 more yards than J.K. Dobbins rushing the football. That's crazy. And he's got, I mean, let's face it, he's going to also have, really, I mean, how many games do we have? Is it four games? Three. Three. Three games. So let's say Lamar has, so he'll have, he'll have maybe, maybe 3,000 yards passing, maybe. Um, you know, they'll probably be about 28, you know, but man, I'll tell you what, rushing the football, he could easily, he could easily get over a thousand yards. Yeah. And he's going to need to play too. This isn't a, right. this isn't a sit Lamar at the end of the season against a crappy team situation. We're going to have to have all hands on deck every game. Yeah. Yeah. That's for certain. Um, I'm going to give my game ball to the offensive line. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to call out Bradley Bozeman for his pulls and, uh, Pat Ricard, because there's a lot of pressure on him, uh, to, to be very effective now with, uh, with Boyle out. So yeah, yeah he's Bozeman, offensive Pat tackle. Ricard. He's the right tackle, like one B, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's been so good and he's really effective and, uh, yeah. So and then and then shout out to the trainer that was helping out Lamar get get back on the field. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, you always huge need huge as, performance. 
as they uh, as they have in uh, the movie Coming to America. You always need to have the royal wipers ready and available at, at, at any moment to take care of you and get you back ready to get into the football game. Yes, absolutely. All right, pop of the week. I have Deshaun Elliott on Kareem Hunt. There's a pass out to Hunt, and, and Deshaun Elliott came crashing down on him and dislodged the ball. Ended up as an incomplete pass, but uh, there was a huge shot. Deshaun Elliott, once again, who do you have? Well, I actually have a Deshaun Elliott play, but sadly, he was the one that got popped. I, <laughs> oh, I don't oh, yeah. know off the, off the top of my head who the, the running back was for the Browns, but it was a play in the third quarter, and Elliott came crashing down into the backfield, um, you know, trying to rush the passer. And yeah. I'll tell you what, he got taken off his feet by whoever the running back was in the backfield. Man, so I I couldn't take anything other than that pop. It was just that impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I I remember that play, and I was like, oh boy, that's not a good look. Um, okay, man, what a game! It's it, we've been talking about this Man. game for fifty seven minutes now, and wow, and like again, one of the games of the year. Uh, potential for opening shots of the Super Bowl DVD. But it's time for us to look forward to week 15. The Jacksonville Jaguars come to town, a hapless Jacksonville Jaguars team. Um, I really don't have much to say here. This is a game that the Ravens should win uh, pretty handily. You know, the Jaguars are, are in the sweepstakes for the number one pick. I don't think they're going to do very much to uh, try to change that. What, uh, what are your thoughts here? And, and uh, Maybe some keys to the game, I guess. You know, so we could talk about a little, little bit. We've got, we've got Uncle Rico starting the game for the Jags. You know, and he he can throw a football all the way to the moon. You know, and mm-hmm. that's um, Gardner Minshew. Yes, that is Gardner Minshew, and I hope I didn't yeah. completely butcher the quote from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. But anyway, um, you know, I, I, as you said, I mean, I, I think. This is a game the Ravens should certainly win. The the Jaguars are not a good football team. Um, this is a game where the Ravens need to not play down to their competition. It's time to get healthy. You know, I we obviously think we're going to have the the three uh, young receivers Brown, Prochet, and uh, Boykin, uh, who are you know they're for just for contact purposes they are for contract tracing purposes they're currently on the the COVID restricted list um but this is a game I I do want to see the passing game get a little bit energized here I know we've had I know we've seen this Ravens offense obviously be back to what it is with Lamar running the football but especially if Des Bryant is able to play I want to see him get involved um, you know, that's definitely the thing we've missed the last two weeks having him out is is that integration of, of some other wide receiver into the football game. And and look, it can be, you know, some of the rollout passing plays, some of, you know, where you're still working with Lamar, you know, on the move. I'm okay with that. So then it stays with our, you know, sort of running with Lamar theme at this point. But you know, that's that's the one thing I'd really like to see out of this game. 
Yeah. Uh, so the Jags defense is near the bottom of the league in passing yards allowed, rushing yards allowed, and points allowed. So for them, it's going to turn into a pick-your-poison mm-hmm. kind of situation. I think I, I foresee them either really stacking the box and playing a little bit yep. of zone uh, behind that um, to keep defenders' eyes on Lamar to, to try to contain his, his running. And that really, like you said, gives him an opportunity to pick them apart through the air. And, and uh, you know, it, I, I think that this is a chance for him to really keep keep going and stay hot through the air. Um, the, the Jags defense doesn't really concern me all, all that much uh, as the Ravens come in, especially coming back home, playing at a normal time. Uh, I think that is going to be... Um, not a problem. On the other side of the ball, it, it, for me, it's about getting healthy, heating up that pass rush a little bit. You know, getting out of the game healthy is, is what I meant. And, and you know, big game really... playing Gakwe. Yeah, about yeah, a game for that sure. he could revenge like, game. Yeah, come come in and and show his worth. Clay's Campbell revenge game too. Yeah, that's right. We'll see if he plays. Um, yeah, he's a guy he, I wouldn't mind seeing seeing not play. Yeah, uh, I think he'll want to just because it's a former team and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, even on this side, you know, they do have some weapons. James Robinson has been really good out of the backfield for them, both both running and catching. Um, they have some nice wideouts. They have Tyler Eifert, who's you know familiar with the Ravens at least. Uh, Gardner Minshew doesn't really scare me. The offensive line over there on that side doesn't really scare me. So His again, this is a game rushes you though. Well, yeah, that's true. That, I am a little jealous <laughs> of that one, but uh, not really too concerned uh, about this game here. I think that the Ravens will. Uh, it will would be come a out disaster if the Ravens lost. If the Ra- let's just face it. If if the Ravens somehow, you know, leave this game with a loss. They're massive issues, and they don't deserve they, the season's over at that point. I mean, this is a, yeah. the Ravens have to win. Like, not this isn't just a you know, well, we we think we'll beat the Jags. I mean, they need to realize this is a game they've got to win the rest of the season, and I think they know that. So mm-hmm. I expect them to come to play. That is for sure. Yeah, yeah, I I think that they'll uh, they'll stay hot. So based on all that. Do you want to get in? Oh, a uh, bulletin board material overreaction of the week. Yeah, let's get those you know, in before I, we... I think let, let's get those in. I, I, you know, mine is it might sound a little weird because I gave Lamar the game ball, but this is more of an organizational question rather than necessarily just a Lamar question. You know, what are we doing between? The cramp situation and having our starting quarterback have to go back and allegedly get treated for cramps, you know, at the end of a really massive game, you know, where, you know, I'm glad it worked out. Had it not worked out, that would have been major, major egg on the face of Lamar and the team. Let's face it. I don't understand why if. If we've got, and I think there were other guys dealing with cramps throughout the game, it always seems like Marcus Peters is dealing with cramps. You were talking about how he always looks hurt throughout throughout the game. 
But, you know, it's it's like, why aren't we giving, I don't know, and maybe this isn't at all something medically that you would do for someone, but, you know, before games, giving certain players IVs to make sure they don't have cramps during the game, especially if they had COVID a couple weeks ago, you know, I, I just, I question that. I don't want to overreact too much, but then also... The cleats. What the hell is up with the cleats? <laughs> we have our star quarterback who's slipping all over the field. I mean, come on. We gotta we gotta do better than that. We gotta. Yeah, that was a bad look for Nike that turned into a really good look for Nike as soon as he came back and started dominating again. Yeah, um, absolutely. With those cleats. Um, my bulletin board material is going to be on that defense and those that defensive depth because we know that some guys are going to end up being out this week based on injuries. But um, you know we're going to have to have some somebody step up and somebody maybe particularly in the secondary because we had uh, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, and Devontae Harris all miss practice today. So maybe the onus falls down to Anthony Averett. And that also feeds into my overreaction of the week, which is some irresponsible roster management by the coaching staff. Because against the Browns, you had four corners active. And you know how well that the the Browns have been throwing the ball. Um, You have four corners active, and then you have four running backs active. Your fourth running back is um, Mark Ingram. He starts, he gets one carry, and then doesn't see the field after that. I, I just don't understand. And, and Anthony Averitt is a healthy scratch. So I don't understand how that is responsible yeah, roster management. Because we always say you can't have enough corners. And then you choose to healthy scratch one of your decent depth ones. Uh, I just don't get it. And and then and then the guy that you active one of the guys that you activate instead plays one snap. He doesn't play special teams. He yeah. goes on a flea flicker on the first play of the game, and then doesn't see the field. You know, obviously this is nothing bad about Mark Ingram because we've talked about so many times how we love him as a Raven. But I'm just saying, like something's got to give. You can't have a player active for one play. Yeah. That is yeah, that is that's so inefficient, point. and then and then at the end of the game you have Anthony Levine, a, a backup special team safety, as good as he is at that, playing corner, because yeah. all your other corners get hurt. I mean, it it just wasn't right. <laughs> it did not end up well because you saw how fast and how effectively the Browns' offense worked in that situation. I mean. Just pretty irresponsible in my mind, and, and kind of overlooked uh, that aspect. No, that's that's a great point. You know? I was wondering about that because, and and one of my questions to you was going to be after that flea flicker, did Ingram have any other snaps, and is that no, answer? No, that no, was right? his only, not right. even his only touch. That was his only snap of the game. That and and that is so weird to me. I I mean, and I and I I, I say that because. We, we ran offensive plays with Justice Hill, who I I question, as as we talked about a few weeks ago, as a runner. Um, but, you know, so, but at least Justice Hill provides us with some special teams coverage, who, and he's pretty good on special teams. He's been quite good, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, it, you do have to start to question, 
where Mark Ingram fits on the team. As as awful as that, you know, is to say, um, I think right now he's got to start being a healthy scratch unless there's other reasons to have him in the ball game. And, and you know, unfortunately, you have to start questioning whether. You know, he has a future with the Ravens after this season. I think he's probably a player that's that's ripe uh, to be cut, unfortunately, uh, for salary cap reasons. Yeah, unfor- as unfortunate <clears throat> as it is, like you said, I, I think you're right on both. I mean, where does he fit right now? You got one snap with him, and even that snap didn't go well. And then no. he doesn't see the field at all. And then you have a healthy corner sitting over there that doesn't dress. I mean... I, I mean, it, it's not you know, maybe, like that's just not efficient. You know, maybe there's more to it that we don't know about, you know, as far as Averett goes. But, but yeah, it's not a good look, no matter what. Yeah, so, I don't know. Maybe that's my overreaction of the week. I, I, I think there is some credence to it, but I'll call it an overreaction for now. Um, okay, well. So, so your off. overreaction is roster management minus speed players pneumonia may be before the game. Uh yes, that sounds that sounds about right. Um, let's get into a prediction. Let's sign off here. Um, let's do it. Week fifteen, Jacksonville Jaguars one and twelve, zero oh and six on the road. Come into Baltimore. Um, give me a score. I'm gonna say thirty-one to six. Yeah, I got 28-10 Ravens, I think. So I'm looking on ESPN right now. The Ravens are favored by 13 points. The over-under is set at 47.5. So you're you're right around uh, – we are both we both have the under, apparently. But, uh, hmm. yeah, Ravens are heavily favored, like we said. So should get out of there with a fairly uh, drama-free win. Um, do you have anything else to add before we sign off? I don't believe so, sir. I'm going to let you take it away. All right. Well, the Ravens got two wins in a row after a tough stretch. We got hot Lamar back. We got MVP Lamar back. The Ravens are rolling. Offensive line is rolling. Defense is going to get back on track this week. I'm pretty confident in that. We both got a win in week 15. So we will talk to you guys again next week after the Ravens handle the Jaguars. For Andrew Holly, this is TK. This was Crab Takes and Football. Go Ravens. Go Ravens.